Praise you, Lord. There's an ex expression. There's an expression that real estate agents use when speaking about the top three things that we should consider when we're buying a home, when we're contemplating the, the desirability of a, of a property. There's three things we need to consider, the real estate agent will say, and those three things are location, location, and location. Praise the name of the Lord. The, the, the story of the Bible is about finding that location, location, location. Thank you, Lord God. We see in this Torah portion that, that Jacob was on a journey. He was leaving the house of his fathers and getting out of Dodge because um, his brother Esau wanted to kill him. So, he, so his parents were like, get out of here. So he was leaving and, and, and the whole land was already given to the, sons of, to, to the sons of Abraham. They looked to the north, to the south, to the east and the west. And the whole thing was given to them. It's like, your descendants are going are gonna to occupy this whole land. But even within land, there are places that are location, location, location. You know, because you can live in Rhode Island, and you can live in some places in Rhode Island, and, you know, and they may be less desirable than more, you know, but then you go to Newport, and you're like, man, this is location, location, location. <laughs> you know, or some other places. I have to say that Susie and I, we just love living in westerly Rhode Island. We just love it. We're still pinching ourselves. Like we moved here now almost 13 years ago. Like in February, it'll be 13 years. I, I can't believe how long we, we've lived here already, but the way God thrusted us into this area when I didn't even want to go, and now we're living in this incredible area with the most beautiful beaches that I've ever seen. We'll just go to the beach even in the wintertime, and we'll look at the water and look at the sand and pinch ourselves, and we'll go, location, location, location. Thank you, Adonai. So the land of Israel were given to the sons of Abraham, and now Jacob's on his little get-out-of-dodge little movement, and all of a sudden, I'm sure he did it many times in his journey because it's probably more of a day's walk from where he went to to where he was going, the house of his, his um, yeah, I forget also, like it's his uncle, Lavan, at Laban, and uh, so he probably did what he did before. He took, you know, a stone, you know, and... Stone and he put it on the ground and you know and lay down under the stars you know and it was it was fine you know with nothing unusual you know using a stone as a pillow we're very blessed these days we don't have to use a stone for a pillow but if you do it might give you some good dreams as happened to Jacob so he's laying on the stone. Falls, falls asleep and he has a vision and he sees a ladder that was going from earth to heaven and angels going up and down the ladder. And angels going up and down the ladder spiritually means there's a constant connection between earth and heaven. The angels going up and down the ladder means the connection from earth to heaven was continual, continual, continual. There was a connection up, there's a connection down, there's connection up, there's connection down. And it says the Lord, Adonai, was at the top of the ladder. And the Lord starts giving him words and, and prophecy. And then he wakes up and he was a little bit scared. And he goes, 
this is the house of God. He says, this is the portal of heaven. It's almost like in all the land of Israel, there was this one little portal to heaven, and he happened to find it. It happened to be where he put his little stone and laid his head, and he's like, that's the portal of heaven. This is the house of God. So this is location, location, location. And he called it Bethel in Hebrew, or Bethel, or as the Christians call it, Bethel. Oh, is that Spanish also? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, he said, you know what? This is location, location, location. This is God's house. I'm going to do the first action to build him his house. So I'm going to take this very stone that I was laying my head on, and I'm going to put it in the ground, and I'm going to pour some oil on it, and I'm going to say, this is the cornerstone. This is the first stone. The first stone in God's house. And God, if you bless me on my journey where I'm going and eventually I'm going to come back, if I come back with pro prosperous, I'm going to give you a tithe, 10% of everything that I had. It is literally the first instance we have of the building of God's house, which later would become the temple. And the temple in the land of Israel was indeed Location, location, location. Because the temple of God in the, in the system of the Torah, in the land of Israel at that time, that, was, that had the ladder up and down to heaven all the time. That was the place to go for that ladder connection, for that spiritual connection, the portal to heaven where the angels are going down and the angels are going up. If you wanted to go and, and, and commune with God or give an offering to God or cry before the Lord or, or, or whatever it is, you go to the temple. Now, the Lord is everywhere, but the, the, but the temple was that location, location, location. That was the place to be. Even when it was portal and mobile, when it was the tabernacle, they always moved around with it, and it had power with it. Even when they went to battle, before there was a standing temple, they would go to battle with the Ark of the Covenant because that was location, location, location. Where that was, was where God's power was and his might and his prophecy and his words. That's where... The connection was, was in the temple. But there's something greater than the temple. Yeshua even said someone, something greater than the temple is here. Now, the destruction of the temple, which happened a generation after Yeshua's time by the Romans, is considered a day of mourning in Judaism, a great day of mourning, and it's called Tisha B'Av. The ninth day of the month of Av, it's a tr tremendous, tremendous day of mourning. But if you will allow me to put a little bit of blessing even into a day of mourning, even the prophets early on said, this thing is temporary. This thing is temporary. This thing is temporary. Jeremiah 3, it says that the day's coming. You're not even going to think about the Ark and the Covenant. You're not going to worry about the Ark and the Covenant. You're not going to wonder where the Ark and the Covenant is. I think still people these days still wonder where it is. If you wonder where the Ark of the Covenant is, you're not being biblical. Because Jeremiah said the day is coming where you're not going to worry about it, you're not going to think about it, you're not going to miss it, you're not going to remember it anymore. 
because there's something greater. Because there's something greater. And Yeshua said, there's something greater than the temple here. There's something greater than the temple. So as much as it is a day of mourning, when you realize that when things go away in the, in the economy of God, in the ecosystem of God, when things go away, it means that something greater is about to come. That when he takes something away, that means there's something greater coming. Because God is the God of the greater. And if he's taking away, there is something greater that is at hand. How many people just need to like lift up their hands in faith and say that, yeah, I went through the taking away, but I'm going to expect and receive the, the reality and the faith that God, you are about to bring something greater than what was taken away. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So he takes away, but he gives in fuller measure. And I have to think that when the disciples were around Yeshua, the king, they went location, location, location. Because Yeshua said he had a reference to our Torah portion with Jacob. He said, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on me. He said, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Oh, Nathaniel, oh, Israelite, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You know what I believe that what is turned into Christianity, do you know what I believe it was? Christianity, it turned into a religion of Christianity, but the intent of the whole thing is post-temple Judaism. That's what it is. It's post-temple Judaism. The temple's coming down. Now how are we going to relate to God? This is the answer. Messianic Judaism, Yeshua is the answer. It's post-temple temple Judaism, because then all the, all the Jewish sects that we have today, the Orthodox and, and the conservative and the Reform and all the different sects of Orthodox Judaism, the Haredi and the Hasidic and the Lubavitch, while we have Torah, we are missing a high priest. We're missing a high priest, a functioning high priest. It's only, only in Messianic Judaism where we still have a functioning high priest. It's only in Messianic Judaism, only where we have a functioning high priest. Messianic Judaism is truly post-temple Judaism. That is what it is. And Yeshua the king, the high priest from heaven, was down on earth. And he said, the angels are going to go up and down on me. So everybody that was around them went to him. That's location, location, location. It's not just one temple that had the the connection. Yeshua has the connection. In fact, he associated himself with that rock. If If that stone was indeed the cornerstone of the temple, literally the first stone that was placed that would later become the temple, Yeshua said, well, the disciples later said, he is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. 
that the builders rejected. And it all comes together in him. Location, location, location. Yeshua is the one that has the connection. The, the, the portal to heaven opened up at all times. The continuing up and down. The open heaven, the open connection. Yeshua has the location, location, location. But there's still something greater. There's still something greater. Because something greater than the temple is here, Yeshua said. And there is still something greater than one man, even our Messiah, to have that connection. And here's where I want you to know. Yeshua looked at you. Yeshua looked at you. Yeshua looked at you and said, location, location, location. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. The son of man has no place to lay his head. The one who has the open heaven, the one that has the connection, the one who is the stone that the builders rejected, the one who is the location, location, location. He needed a home and saw you and said location, location, location. And I got news for some of you folks. You ain't Newport. (laughs) And I'm looking at you. You ain't Newport. Well, some of you are. But location, location, location to God is not about beachfront property. Location, location to God is not about how much property you have, if it's over an acre. It's not about if the house is nice or clean. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We have a house on our property, uh, not, not on our property, we have a house in our street. This is a house that kind of broke my heart. So we have a, a nice street, it's a, it's, a, it's a, a circle, our street, and there's a house on the street, it's a beautiful house. It's up on a hill, it's a modern colonial. If you go on to realtor.com or to Zillow and you see the, the, uh, the virtual tour, it's got nice hardwood floors. It's, it's a nice house. It's a beautiful house on our street. But I looked at the price that it's being sold for, and it's being sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars less than it should be. So I was like, what is going on with this house? It's so beautiful. It's a beautiful house. So I called the realtor. I said, what's going on with this house? Well, there's a Christian hymn that goes on Christ the rock we stand, all other 
ground is sinking sand. Well, apparently the builder didn't take that hymn to heart because the house is literally sinking. These poor owners, like they pay, I'm sure they paid full price for the house. Now they can't even get rid of the darn thing. Well, maybe they can, you know. This, it's, it's eventually, I'm sure, it's, I'm assuming it's going to go into auction. It's going to go into foreclosure. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. And maybe it's just, maybe that property is just not worthy of having a home on it. You see, it looks good from our eyes, but inside it needs a lot of foundational work. That's how we are when Yeshua finds us. doesn't matter how we look on the outside. We need a lot of foundational work. But even in that state, Yeshua looks at you. He looked at you, and he went, location, location, location. No matter how dirty or busted up or cracked you are, And yes, we have foundations that are sinking and sinking and sinking. And we were put up to auction and the only bidder on us was the enemy and he almost had the the highest bid to take us and claim us for his own and Yeshua comes in and pays full price. Hallelujah. Yeshua outbids the enemy and buys you with your sinking foundation on the sinking sand and says, location, location, location. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. You are the house of God. You are his house. And he bought you just as you are just as you are, full price for you with his life, with his blood, he bought you. And now as the owner, he's got the right to fix you up. That's the part they don't tell you when some evangelist went to evangelize to you and asked if you wanted to accept the Lord. They lied to you. They said everything was going to be good after that. They don't tell you about all the renovation work that happens after he comes in. After the, after the homeowner comes into the home. They don't tell you all the renovation work. But he is faithful. So know that he bought you for a price. He looked at you in your dirtiest, in your unworthiness, in your ugliness. Foreclosed on unwanted with the only bidder for you is the enemy and he came in and paid full price for you you to him praise the lord our location 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 but there's still a greater thing there's still a greater thing here there's still one greater than the house of god If we see at the end in the book of Revelation, the new Jerusalem coming down, there's no temple. There's no temple. But it says New Jerusalem is his bride. 
we are in a time, in a phase. This house of God revelation is awesome, but there's a greater revelation that you are his bride. Because, let me put it this way, I love my house, and as the homeowner, I have a right to do what I want to it. If it's busted up, I fix it. Or in my case, I don't touch it and let somebody else fix it. Hallelujah. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Let let me put it to you this way, as she's being funny. I love my house. I love my house. But I'm not intimate with my house. I'm intimate with my bride. And as much as I love my house, there might be a day where I leave my house, get another house. But I'm never leaving my bride. I'm never leaving my bride. So there's something greater than you are the house of God. You are his bride. You are his bride. Because I don't have that latter connection, that eternal connection, the back and forth with my house. I love my house. But I have that eternal connection, the back and forth, the unfettered, the unblocked connection. I have it with my wife. And Yeshua has it with you. That's where the connection is. And religion will tell you in order to keep that connection, you have to do certain things. Do you know that if Susie is on the couch with her headphones on, listening to an audiobook, and I'm over here playing Tetris on my iPhone, or chess on my iPhone, the connection is still happening. The backs and forths are still happening. Do you know that if, when I'm at work and she's at work, the connection is still happening? See, this revelation kicks religion in the pants. That because you're his bride, the connection is always there. Yeah, you need to take the time. You need to take the time. You gotta go out to dinner. You gotta, you gotta, put, in, you gotta put in some time. Because if you don't put in some time, you may feel like the connection is a little bit lost. But I tell you right now that the connection between bridegroom and bride is eternal. And ain't going anywhere, no matter what. And that's what you are to God. That's what you are to Yeshua. You are his bride. You are his bride. And he loves you like a husband. A good husband. So, Father, help us to know. Help us to go to the greater thing. There's always greater. He started with a stone. You end up with a house. But then we have Yeshua. But it wasn't enough for just Yeshua, the man, to have a ministry of however long his ministry was. He came into you for you to, be your, you to be his house. But even more so, he married you. 
And some earthly husbands don't do so well, present company included. But Yeshua is an awesome husband, and he loves you. He loves you like a bride. And may we know that. Father, may they know that. May they know that. And the mystery that the two shall become one flesh. Thank you, Adonai. In Yeshua's name, amen.